Father God, we thank you for the reading of your word, Lord God. We thank you that we take this time and moment in eternity, Lord God, to acknowledge you. Thank you for your wisdom to dictate to us. Thank you for instructing us and promising that you will show us and instruct us in the way that we should go. Lord, we are here before you, Lord God. Touch our hearts, our minds, and our souls, Lord. Open our ears that we may hear your word and benefit from it, Lord. Thank you for the benefits and the benefiting. We pray that your presence be with us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be reading today Jeremiah. What's that, Anna? Jeremiah 1411 to 1615. 1411 to 1615. Okay, I'll get us started. Want me to? No? You want to jump for it? Yeah, I'll go for it. Okay. Jeremiah 1411, 16 to 15. It says, Then the Lord said to Jeremiah, Do not pray for these people anymore. When they fast, I will pay no attention. When they present their burnt offerings and grain offerings to me, I will not accept them. Instead, I will devour them with war, famine, and disease. Then I said, O Sovereign Lord, their prophets are telling them all is well, no war, or famine will come. The Lord will surely send you peace. Then the Lord said, These prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not give them any messages. The prophecy of visions and revelations they have never seen or heard. They speak foolishness made up in their own lying hearts. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will punish these lying prophets for they have spoken in my name even though I never sent them. They say that no war or famine will come but they themselves will die by war and famine. As for the people to whom they prophesy their bodies, will be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem. Victims of famine and war, there will be no one left to bury them. Husbands, wives, sons, and daughters, all will be gone, for I will pour out on their own wickedness on them. Pour out their own wickedness on them. Mm -hmm. Now Jeremiah says this to them, Night and day my eyes overflow with tears. I can't stop weeping. For my virgin daughter, my precious people, has been struck down and lies mortally wound, wounded. If I go out into the fields, I see the bodies of people slaughtered by the enemy. If I walk the city streets, I see people who have died of starvation. The prophets and priests continue with their work, but they don't know what they're doing. Lord, have you completely rejected Judah? Do you really hate Jerusalem? Why have you wounded us past all hope of healing? We hope for peace, but no peace came. We hope for a time of healing, but found only terror. Lord, we confess our wickedness and that of our ancestors too. We all have sinned against you. For the sake of your reputation, Lord, do not abandon us. Do not disgrace your own glorious throne. Please remember us. And do not break your covenant with us. Can any of the worthless foreign gods send us rain? Does it fall from the sky by itself? No, you are the one, O Lord our God. 
Only you can do such things. So we will wait for you to help us. Oh, I like that, Lord. Okay. The, the, then the Lord said to me, Even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading this people for these people, I wouldn't help them. Away with them. Get them out of my sight. And if they say to you, But where can we go? Tell them, This is what the Lord says. Those who are destined for death to death, those who are destined for war to war, those who are destined for famine to famine, those who are destined for captivity to captivity, I will send four kinds of destroyers against them, says the Lord. I will send the sword to kill, the dogs to drag away, and vultures to devour, and the wild animals to finish up what is left. Because of the wicked things, Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem, I will make my people an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Who will feel sorry for you, Jerusalem? Who will weep for you? Who will even bother to ask how you are? You have abandoned me and turned your back on me, says the Lord. Therefore, I will raise my fist to destroy you. I am tired of always giving you another chance. I will winnow you like grain at the gates of your cities and take away the children you hold dear. I will destroy my own people because they refuse to change their evil ways. There will be more widows than the grains of sand on the seashore. At noontime, I will bring a destroyer against the mothers of young men. I will cause anguish and terror to come upon them suddenly. The mother of seven grows faint and gasps for breath. Her son has gone down while it's still day. She sits childless now, disgraced and humiliated. And I will hand her over those who are left to be killed by the enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. What sorrow, sorrow is mine, my mother, Oh, that I have died, had died at birth. I am hated everywhere I go. I am neither a lender who threatens to foreclose, nor a borrower who refuses to pay, yet they all curse me. The Lord replied, I will take care of you, Jeremiah. Your enemies will ask you to plead on their behalf. In times of trouble and distress, can a man break a bar of iron from the north or a bar of bronze at no cost to them? I will hand over your wealth and treasures as you plunder to your enemies. For sin runs rampant in your land. I will tell your enemies to take you as captives to a foreign land. For my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. Then I said, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It is for your sake that I'm suffering. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. There are, they are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. O oh Lord, God of heaven's armies, I never joined the people in their merry feasts. I sat alone because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation of their sins. 
Why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? You, your help seems to uncertain. Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. Wow. You must influence them or do, or do not let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army. But I will make you as secure as a fortified wall bronze. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect and rescue you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men. I will rescue you from their cruel hands. The Lord gave me another message. He said, Do not get married or have children in this place, for this is what the Lord says about the children born here in the city and about their mothers and fathers. They will die from terrible diseases. No one will mourn for them or bury them, and they will be scattered on the ground like manure. They will die from war and famine, and their bodies will be food for the vultures and wild animals. This is what the Lord says, Do not go to funerals to mourn and show sympathy for these people, for I have removed my protection and peace from them. I have taken away my unfailing love and my mercy. Both the great and the lowly will die in this land. No one will bury them or mourn for them. Their friends will not cut themselves in sorrow or shave their heads in sadness. No one will offer a meal to comfort those who mourn for the dead, not even at the death of a mother or a father. No one will send a cup of wine to console them. And do not go to their feasts and parties. Do not eat and drink with them at all. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. It is your own lifetime. Before your very eyes I will put an end to the happy singing and laughter in this land. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. When you tell people all these things, they will ask, Why has the Lord decreed such terrible things against us? Such Okay, what have we done to deserve such treatment? What is our sin against our Lord our God? Then you will give him the Lord's reply. It's because your ancestors were unfaithful to me. They worshipped other gods and served them. They abandoned me and did not obey my word. And you are even worse than your ancestors. You stubbornly follow your own evil desires and refuse to listen to me. So I will throw you out of this land and, and send you to a foreign land where you and your ancestors have never been. There you can worship idols day and night. And I will grant you no favors. But the time is coming, says the God, Lord, when people who are asking or asking 
No, when people are taking on oath, will no longer say, As surely as the Lord lives, who rescued the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. Instead, they will say, As surely as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel back to their own land from the land of the north, from the land of the north, and from the countries to which he had exiled them. For I will bring them back to this land and I give ancestors. Amen. 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 Okay, babe, let's go ahead and do the commentary on that. Okay. I like in the beginning where it says they're prophesying that there will be peace to the people. And no war. And then I like it when it says, even Moses and Samuel stood before me, pleading for these people. I wouldn't help them. Go away with them. Get them out of my sight. It's interesting. Those who are destined for death to death. Those who are destined for war to war. Destined for famine to famine. Those who are destined for and we're destined for the kingdom of God and His glory. That's what we've been destined for. That should excite you, you know, that we have. Amen. We've been, I've been allowed to to share in the glory and the accomplishments of Father God through His Son Jesus Christ. Yeah, I like the way um, Jeremiah. Night and day, my eyes overflow with tears, and I cannot stop weeping for my virgin daughter. My precious people has been struck down. So he's got a compassion for the people, and he weeps for the people. You know about what about what's to come, um, and what he sees, seeing the bodies of people slaughtered by the enemy in the streets, people dying of starvation. says right here it says therefore I will raise my fist to destroy you on 15-6 I'm tired always giving you another chance mm -hmm. um, one thing as he was when he was praying or whatever he says Lord in 20 um, 14 20 uh, Lord, we confess our wickedness and that our ancestors too, we all have sinned against you. For the sake of your reputation, Lord, do not abandon us. Do not disgrace your own glorious throne. Please remember us, you know. He's repenting for his nation. And I, it's, it's a, he says, for the sake of of our rep of your reputation Lord don't abandon us you know kind of like um, you know the fact that um, don't leave us alone you know it, it's I don't know how to word that but um, you know the Lord for him not almost kind of like when Moses went to went to speak to God and he told them you know not to do 
something not to destroy the people and he relented because Moses changed his mind you know it's almost like God has a reputation and that you can talk to him you know you can I mean he did repent for his nation um, but it says please remember us it's like you know he's he's repenting for his nation we've all sinned the sake of your reputation, Lord. Do not abandon us. Do not disgrace your own glorious throne. Please remember us. And do not break, this is very important, here's the point, and do not break your covenant with us. Okay. Um, you know how the Lord, or God made a covenant with Abraham very early before the law was given. Um, but this is, you know, he's like pleading with the Lord, do not break your covenant with us. Now, right now in the New Testament, we have that covenant that the Lord will not, you know, break with, with Jesus. You know, Jesus is our new covenant. He's, he's a new and better living way. But, um, you know, it, the covenant is like an agreement with us. And I like what he says. He says, you know, can any of the worthless foreign gods send us rain? Does it fall from the sky by itself? No. You are one. You are the one, O oh Lord God. Only you can do such things. So we'll wait for you to help us. So he kind of still expecting God's mercy to come forth. You know. not happy at all here. I mean, God is not happy at all. You know, he's clearly... You know, it says, I will send four kinds of destroyers against them, says the Lord. I will send the sword to kill, the dogs to drag them away, and the vultures to devour, and the wild animals to finish up what is left because of the wicked things that Manesh son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem, I will make my people an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. It's, it's very interesting here that, um, you know, the king, the king's son, you know, they did a lot of wicked things. Do you remember what they did? Manash, son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did it in Jerusalem. I will make my people an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Here's the king, the leadership, the wickedness that came from there, and now it's punishing the people. I think what they did is they, they sacrificed their own children. Mm. They were, you know, they ran out their pagan god. Mm -hmm. Put Asherah poles up and, and encouraged the people to do wickedness. Wow, you know, I'm so glad that, you know, our God is a God of second chances. You know, that because Jesus, he sent Jesus through the cross we have a second chance. But here, clearly, that's not where we're at. I'm tired of giving you another chance. I mean, how many times have we said that to our relatives or sons, you know, or nieces and nephews? I'm tired of helping you. I'm tired of giving you a second chance. You know, thank God that, you know, we're in a new covenant. Yeah. 
I, you know, he, he as he goes through, um, as we get to the end there on 15, or 16, well not 15, let's see, um, talks about um, what he's seeing. And he starts when, uh, in 10. Then I said, what sorrow is mine, my mother? Oh, that I have died at birth. I'm hated everywhere I go. I am neither a, kin a lender who threatens to foreclose nor a borrower who refuses to pay. Yet they all curse me. The Lord replied, I will take care of you, Jeremiah. Your enemies will ask you to plead on their behalf. In times of trouble and distress, can a man break a bar of iron from the north or a bar of bronze? At no cost to them, I will hand over your wealth and treasures as plunder to your enemies. For sin ruins rampant in your land, I will tell your enemies to take you as captives to a foreign land, for my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. And it says in, in 16, 16, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. Please don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I'm suffering. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. So I'm a little, like, the order of this, you know, I see that God tells them, I'm going to take care of you, Jeremiah. And the enemies are come, going to come to you and plead on their behalf. And he responds with, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I'm suffering. See? When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. their sins why is he still suffering why it says when is my wound why is my wound so incurable your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook like a spring that's gone dry so he's carrying that burden inside of all of this I think and the Lord says if you return to me I will restore you so you can continue to serve me if you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. That's beautiful. Where's that at? It's at the very end, 17, or 16, 20. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, I, I will restore you and help you. Um, 
but it says if you speak good words rather than worthless ones you will be my spokesman you must influence them do not let them influence you they will fight against you like an attacking army but i will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze they will not conquer you for i am with you to protect and rescue you i the lord have spoken because of the worship worshiping other gods and the unfaithfulness to the Lord and not obeying his word so it, it but I like that if you return to me I will restore you okay we can take that as a you know you turn your back on God. If you turn, come back to Him, He'll restore all that's happened to you. You know. Anyway, okay. All right. What's the What's the next one, babe? Um, First Thessalonians two nine to three thirteen. Two nine. Don't remember, dear brothers and sisters. Don't you remember that one? Yeah. Okay. It says First Thessalonians two nine. Don't don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you, night and day we toil, to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. You yourself are witnesses. And so is God, that we were devout and honest, faultless to, towards all you believers. And you know that we treat each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encourage you, and urge you to live your lives in a way that God will consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you receive his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is, and this word continues to work, and you who believe. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea who because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us too. They failed to please God and work against all humanity, as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles. By doing this, they continue to pile up their sins, that the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though your hearts never left you, our hearts, we tried very hard to come back because of your intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. 
After all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus Christ when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker. In proclaiming the good news of Christ, we sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined to such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. But now Timothy has just returned. Bring us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again, to fill the gap in your faith. May God our Father and our Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as you lo our love for you overflows. May He, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with His holy people. Amen. Amen. Did I underline something on yeah. your side? Mm -hmm. No. Right here. Read this. Did I read that? Uh, yeah, you did. It says we pleaded with your, we pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for He called you to share in His kingdom and glory. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you re received this message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God. Amen. And that's very important that we rejoice in the kingdom of God and His, in His glory that we have been invited by God. You know, it's a privilege and an honor. Mm -hmm. We're not destined to war, destined for famine, destined for hell. You know, uh, but we're destined to a life of, of love and joy and satisfaction through the good words of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. <sighs> Where'd you get that? Um. So apparently that was a, a church planted by Paul. Mm -hmm. He was talking about when he stands before God, our Lord Jesus, his trophy, his his fruits will be presented the church that he uh, ignited. Yeah, and they're greatly encouraged to find that the people have been, a, you know, one, they accepted what they said in the gospel, 
and here it says that um, but Timothy has just returned bringing us good news about your faith and love and he, he reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you so we're greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering dear brothers and sisters because you have remained strong in your faith and it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. So they're just reiterating how excited they are that, you know, what they preached stuck. You know, it stayed, the seed that they planted stayed. Amen. And um, so that's pretty much just a, 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 an encouragement after they preached there to see the people are still, you know, standing strong on their faith. Amen. Let me go ahead and read the Psalms and the Proverbs. Okay, Psalm says, Recall the things that God has done for you in the past and ask Him to carry you through whatever troubles you're facing. So, Lord, we just thank you, Father, for all the things you have done in the past, Lord. All the miracles, all the signs and the wonders, all the leadings, all the provisions you provided for us, Lord. We just reminisce on that, Lord God, and we thank you that you put food on our table, Lord God, and peace on our beds, Lord, that we can sleep peacefully. Thank you for all the great accomplishments from the cross and the blood and the benefits all the way down to our daily food and provision and duty and things to do, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be in your kingdom for your glory and your power, Lord. Lord, we just thank you so much for the things that you continue to do. We thank you for Matthew 6.33 that says, We seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things are added unto us, Lord, to the overflowings, overflow, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we have we don't have room to receive so many benefits you give us. We are stuffed, Lord. We are well taken care of, and we thank you, Lord, for your great provisions and your promise your promises that you will care for us, Lord. You're doing a good job, Father. We thank you for that. All our needs are met, Lord. Every one of them. We have not one need that we need, Lord. We thank you. We don't want for nothing, Lord. You squared us away for our basic needs in Jesus' name. And then some. Amen. And trips to Hawaii. Thank you, Father. Please listen. Psalms 80, 1 through 19. O shepherd of Israel, listen. You who lead Joseph's descendants like a flock. O God, enthroned above the cherubim, display your radiant glory to Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manesh. Show us your mighty power. Come to the rescue. Come to rescue us. Turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will, will we be saved. O Lord, God of heaven's armies, how long will you be angry with our prayers? You have fed us with sorrow and made us drink tears by the bucketful. You have made us the scorn of neighboring nations. Our enemies treat us as a joke. Turn us again to yourself, O God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will, will we be saved. You brought us from Egypt like a grapevine. You drove away the pagan nations and transplanted us into your land. 
you cleared the ground for us and we took root and filled the land. Our shade covered the mountains, our branches covered the mighty cedars. We spread our branches west to the Mediterranean Sea. Our shoots spread east to the Euphrates River. But now why have you broken down our walls so that all who pass by by me steal our fruit? The wild boar from the forest of Arzen and the wild animal feeds on it. Come back, we beg you, O God of heaven's armies. Look down from your heaven and see our plight. Take care of this grapevine that you yourself have planted, this sun you have raised for yourself, for we are chopped up and burnt by our enemies. May they perish at the sight of your frown. Strengthen the man you love, the son of your choice. Then we will never abandon you again. Revive us so we can call on your name once more. Turn us again to yourself, O Lord God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine upon us. Only then will we be saved. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 25, 1-5 These are more Proverbs of Solomon collected by the advisors of King Hezekiah of Judah. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. No one can comprehend the height of heaven, the depths of the earth, and all that goes in the king's mind. Remove the impurities from silver, and the sterling will be ready for the silversmiths. Remove the wicked from the king's court, and his reign will be made secure by justice. Amen and amen. amen. Blessed be the Lord God who has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Bless us for this call today. Father God, we thank you for today's reading. Jeremiah 16, 16 to 18, 23. Lord, please be with us. Lord, as we come to your presence in this reading time, thank you for all the things you provided for us. Thank you for being our Father God. Thank you for giving us, sending us your word and healing us of all our diseases. Lord. Thank you for forgiving us of all our sins and making us brand new and whole with you. And well, and we're good with you, Lord. Thank you that we're good with you. We are good now because of Jesus Christ, and we're good with you, Lord. We thank you for these things, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you the praise and the glory. All right, now, Jeremiah 16:16. But now I am sending for many fishermen. Who will catch them, says the Lord. I am sending for hunters who will hunt them down in the mountains, hills, and caves. I am watching them closely, and I see every sin. They cannot hope to hide from me. I will double their punishment for all their sins. Because they have defiled my land with lifeless images of their detestable gods, and have filled my territory with their evil deeds. 
Lord, you are my strength and fortress, my refuge in the day of trouble. Nations from around the world will come to you and say, Our ancestors left us a foolish heritage, for they worship worthless idols. Can people make their own gods? These are not real gods at all, the Lord says. Now I will show them my power. Now I will show them my might. At last they will know and understand that I am the Lord. The sin of Judah in, is inscribed with an iron chisel and engraved with a diamond point on their stony hearts. And on the corners of their altars, even their children go to worship at their pagan altars and Asherah poles beneath every green tree and on every high hill. So I will hand over my holy mountain along with all your wealth and treasures and your pagan shrines as plunder to your enemies. For sins run rampant in your land. The wonderful possession I have reserved for you will slip from your hands. I will tell your enemies to take you as captives to a foreign land. For my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness and in an inhabitable salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heart or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Take over, bit. Okay. Um, yes, like a partridge that hatches eggs, she has not laid. <clears throat> so are those who get wealth by unjust means. At midlife, they will lose their riches. In the end, they become poor old fools. But we worship at your throne, eternal, high, and glorious. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who turn away from you will be disgraced. They will be buried in the dust of the earth, and they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of the living water. O Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. Amen. If you save me, I will be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. People scoff at me and say, What is this message from the Lord you talk about? Why don't your predictions come true? Lord, I have not abandoned my job as a shepherd for your people. I have not urged you to send disaster. You have heard everything I've said. Lord, don't terrorize me. You alone are my hope in the day of disaster. Bring shame and dismay on all who persecute me. 
but don't let me experience shame and dismay. Bring a day of terror on them. Yes, bring a, a double destruction upon them. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and stand in the gates of Jerusalem, first in the gate where the king goes, in and out, and then in each of the other gates. Say to all the people, listen to this message from the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all you people of Judah and everyone living in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Listen to my warning. Stop carrying on your trade at Jerusalem gates on Sabbath day. Do not do your work on the Sabbath, but make it a holy day. I give this command to your ancestors. I gave this command to your ancestors, but they did not listen or obey. They stubbornly refused to pay attention or accept my discipline. But if you obey me, says the Lord, and do not carry on your trade at the gates or work on the Sabbath, and if you keep it holy, then kings and their officials will go in and out of these gates forever. There will always be a descendant of David sitting on the throne here in Jerusalem. Kings and their officials will always ride in and out among the people of Judah in chariots and on horses, and, in, and this city will remain forever. And from all around Jerusalem, from the towns of Judah and Benjamin, from the western foothills and the hill country and the Negev, the people who come with their burnt offerings and sacrifices, they will bring their grain offerings, frankincense, and thanksgiving offerings to the Lord's temple. But if you do not listen to me and refuse to keep the Sabbath holy, and if on the Sabbath day you bring loads of merchandise through the gates of Jerusalem, just as on other days, then I will set fire to these gates. <coughs> uh, thank you. The, I receive it. The fire will spread to the palaces, and no one will be able to... Put the roaring flames. Put out the roaring flames. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message O oh Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in your potter's hand, so you are in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, but then, ap but then that na nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it, as I planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. Therefore, Jeremiah, go and warn all Judah and Jerusalem. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. I am planning disaster, planning disasters for you instead of good. So turn from your evil ways, each of you, and do what's right. But the people replied, don't waste your breath. We will continue to live as we want to, stubbornly following our own evil desires. So this is what the Lord says. Has anyone ever heard of such a thing even among the pagan nations? My virgin daughter Israel has done something terrible. Does the snow ever disappear from the mountains of Lebanon? Do the cold streams flowing from those distant mountains ever run dry? But my people are not so reliable for they have deserted me. They burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off the ancient highways and walk in muddy paths. 
therefore their land will become desolate. A monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will shake their heads in amazement. I will scatter my people before their enemies as the east wind scatters dust and in all their trouble I will turn back on them and refuse to notice their distress. Then the people said, Come on, let's plot a way to stop Jeremiah. We have plenty of priests and wise men and prophets and we don't need him to teach the, the word and give us advice and prophecies. Let's spread rumors about him and ignore what he says. Lord, hear me and help me. Listen to what my enemies are saying. Should they repay evil for good? They have dug a pit to kill me, though I pleaded for them and tried to protect them from your anger. So let their children starve. Let them die by the sword. Let their wives become childless widows. Let their old men die in a plague. And let their young men be killed in battle. Let screaming be heard from their homes as warriors come suddenly upon them. For they have dug a pit for me and have hidden traps along my path. Lord, you know all about their murderous plots against me. Don't forgive their crimes and blot their sins. Let them die before you. Deal with them in your anger. Amen. Amen. You know uh, where it said, Heal me, O Lord, oh, yeah. and I shall uh -huh. be healed. Uh -huh. We gave that to uh, your brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, Danny. He called over here for prayer, and we say, Say this, and we ha he hasn't called ever again. And he seems normal now. I haven't heard anything that he's he, not feeling well. He couldn't even get his up on his own strength. Up on him. And blood transfusions yeah. and everything. He's still doing the transfusions, but the thing is, remember when we visited him in the hospital? That was when he was really sick. He, he was he was he was seeing death. He saw yes. his death. He saw Jesus standing there. Yeah. And then I got attacked. Remember? Yes. I couldn't breathe for some reason, but the devil did not want me going. Yes. To the hospital. Right. To pray for him. Right. But but man, it took a lot of muster. I think we went four or five consecutive days praying. Right. He was really in... And I, I had to wear know. that mask, and I kept... <clears throat> you know, something was, was... I think it was an attack of the enemy. It was trying mm -hmm. to keep me from, yeah. from giving him a, a godly priesthood blessing. Uh, yeah, blessing and prayer. Yeah. So the, the point is we're making is that these words, God says, I sent my mm -hmm. words yes. to heal you. Yes, Lord. And yes. these words, says, it says, Jeremiah cried, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. And truly healed. Truly healed. And then yeah. what? If you save me, I will be truly saved. And if you save me, I will be truly saved. For thou art my praise and my song all the day long. Is that what it says? It says, for my, my praises are, are for you alone. Mm. That's beautiful. What does the other one says? Uh, real quickly, that's the main one that we want to get to it. Mm -hmm. what, 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 give me one scripture and we'll move on. Okay, um, this is an awesome scripture because it says, it talks about... What, what it's like to be under a curse, you know. It says, this is what the Lord says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere mm, humans. Beautiful. Okay, we can't, we're cursed when we put our trust in a man, you know. Even if he's your husband, you know. Or um, your, your doctor or right, your right. employer. Mm. You're trusting in them to provide for you. You're trusting the doctor to heal you. You're trusting in, in, in your husband to, you know. Um, to provide happiness yes, for you. Joy, joy. right. When it really comes from Jesus. So it, so that's what it says. Um, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans and rely on human strength. Okay? And turn their hearts away from the Lord. Okay? 
Um, they're like stunned shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future, and they will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. <clears throat> but the opposite is true, and that's the hope we have. It says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. See, I might not have a car today, but my hope is in the Lord, not man. Okay. Um, so, um, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. I'm on number uh, eight. Um, such trees are not bothered by the heat, okay, or worried by long months of drought, okay. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit, okay? John chapter 15, you abide in me, uh, and you, know, you stay with, connected to the vine, okay? We're going to produce fruit, good fruit. You won't need so much pruning all the time, you know? Um, so, uh, and also, you know, just long months of drought, uh, your leaves are going to stay green, provision will be around, you know, what the world experiences, we won't. Um, and so that, that's, that's a main huge one, I think. Amen. Okay. We're going to start reading, uh, first Thessalonians four because of time. Um, I don't get anything else from the Holy Spirit. I just wait on the Holy Spirit. The other thing I wanted to say is the chariot. He says, chariots, he goes, you know, Jesus read this, uh, how they, they were selling on the Sabbath day on mm -hmm. the gates, and he says, um, you wanted the doors closed on the Sabbath day and rest. So what happened, um, I like it the way it says that chariots and, and kings will proceed procession here forever. It's yeah. not like salvation, right? Mm -hmm. The opening the door yeah. of salvation forever. Wow. Using the word forever yeah. is yes. paradise. Mm -hmm. But we are in that promise because we have chariots. God is always sending us different kinds of chariots here and the here and the here and the here now. Yeah. And it's, it's like you said, I, I the Lord is our provider. We have chariots to go anywhere we want. We're his kids. This is this is my father's world. So we got it made in the shade. And it, it goes like this. There, there will always be... A, um, then kings and officials will go in and out of these gates forever. Okay? But this is the best one. It says, There will always be a descendant of David sitting on the throne, which is now. Amen. That's what we have. Jesus is on the throne. He'll always be there forever. We can... And, I mean, that's... And those gates are open for us. I am the open door. The gates are open for us. Right. Amen. We go in and out and receive pasture. We go into heaven, receive strength, and come back out and do his bidding work. Beautiful. All right. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 to what? 4-1 to 5-3. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. As we have taught you, you live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy and to stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. 
Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teachings, but is rejecting God, who gives His Holy Spirit to you. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God Himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Wow. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Wow, beautiful. Very clear. <clears throat> we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves, then together with them we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever, so encourage each other with these words. That's it. And now concerning how and when all this will be happened, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night when people are saying everything is so peaceful and secure. Then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. That's it. Okay, uh, I was a little confused about, I know when Jesus was raised from the dead, uh, the Old Testament prophets and people and King David and, and Samuel were raised from the dead too, because it says in Matthew that they, they were raised from the grave and they walked in to Jerusalem. Okay, There's one verse that blows your mind away, you know. Now he's saying something similar. Okay, Paul is telling us that the, the graves are going to open first and rise before we go to meet Jesus, right? When Jesus comes right, back Right, they the go temple. first. So he's talking about New Testament saints, their bodies. Yes, I think so. That's probably because their spirits yeah. are already with the Lord. Right, with the Lord, right. right? We're, we're going to get the new bodies, all of us. Um, and I think what happens... Because you need your old body to exchange it. Right. But the, the Old Testament, when in the scripture of Matthew, which is such an awesome thing, is when he, see, they couldn't come out until he had risen from the, you know, resurrected, until the, to the till it was completed, his finished work. That's when they came out. They were released. But mm -hmm. now, when it comes to us, we're going to have, you know, the ones that are already believers that are in the grave are going to rise up first 
And then the scripture that you read it, it said, but those who are alive and remain. Okay, if you live to be a hundred and it happens at your hundredth birthday, you will be caught up in the air with these trumpets. And we're gonna, Jesus is going to come with the trumpet call of God. It's going to be powerful. And um, I like, I, this always stays in my mind, is when what Joseph Prince taught us. It doesn't say those who are holier than the other person, who read the Bible 12 hours a day are going to go first. Or uh, It says those of us who are alive and remain. So there's, you know, even though somebody hasn't been perfect in their walk with God, if they believe and receive the Lord Jesus Christ, um, you know, they're going to go too. A believer is a believer. Amen. Amen. Would you go ahead and finish it off? Okay. Okay, listen to God speaking to you and ask Him to help you hear His voice. Listen to God speaking to you and ask Him to help you hear His voice. Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to speak to us and help us listen to it. Help a river of living information that constantly comes from the Lord. Father God, we thank you that you always speak to us and we always have ears, ears to hear what you're saying to us. Thank you that you speak to us through your word. You sent your word and you healed us of all our diseases. We thank you for that. Psalms 81, 1 through 16. Sing, sing praises to God, our strength. Sing to the God of Jacob. Sing, beat the, beat the tambourine, play the sweet lyre in the harp. Blow the ram's horn at the new moon and against a full moon to call a festival. For this is required by the decrees of Israel. It is a regulation of the God of Jacob. He made it a law for Israel when he attacked Egypt to set us free. I heard an unvoiced say, Now I will take the load from your shoulders. I will free your hands from their heavy tasks. You cried to me in trouble, and I saved you. I answered you out of the thundercloud and tested your faith when there was no water at Mirabal. Listen. Sorry. Where are you? Listen, the top. Oh, you have to tell me to listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lord. Listen to me, O oh my people, while I give you stern warnings. O oh, Israel, if you would only listen to me, you must never have a foreign god. You must not bow down before a false god. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. Amen. I receive that. But no, no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around, so I let them follow their own stubborn desires living according to their own ideas. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me, walking in my paths. How quickly I would then subdue their enemies. How soon my hands would be upon their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. They would be doomed forever. But I would be freed with you 
feed, I, but I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. Amen. In Proverbs 25, 6 to 8, don't demand an audience with the king or push for a place among the great. It's better to wait for an invitation to the head table than to be sent away in public, public disgrace. Just because you've seen something, don't be in a hurry to go to court. For what, what will you do in the end if your neighbor deals you a shameful defeat? Amen. Amen. I'm going to go read uh, the commentary for the... Uh, <clears throat> Christian's holiness is not based on philosophical speculation about virtue, but in doing God's will and pleasing Him. Holiness encompasses every dimension of a person's life, but sexually is one area where the need for the holiness comes into a clear focus. Sex outside of marriage is always a powerful temptation, but believers who should stay away from any sexual union outside of marriage because it violates God's holiness and can have lifelong consequences. Sexual sins always hurt someone. Sexual desires and activities must be submitted to Christ's authority. God created sex for procreation and pleasure and as a unifying force between a husband and a wife. Therefore, the sexual experience must be guarded by marriage. Paul Amen. said that lustful passion should not control God's people. It is God's will for you to be holy. And he regards you as holy if you have accepted Christ's sacrifice on your behalf. Yet you must continue to learn and grow during your time on earth. This includes submitting every desire to Christ's authority. And the, there, this, amen. Okay. Here's a commentary about the Lord's return. Questions, how can we prepare for the Lord's return? And what about those who die before then? The Thessalonians believers heartily embraced Paul's teaching about the day of the Lord and Christ's second coming. But this instruction generated questions and speculations about the end times. What would happen to believers who died before Jesus returned? 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 18. When would the day of the Lord come? 5, 1 through 11. Would believers suffer the wrath of God? Thessalonians 1, 10, 5 and 9. Paul, chapter 5, verse 9. Paul calms the congregation by clearing up some of the confused and reminding them of the teaching they have already received. Paul expected Jesus' return to happen during his lifetime, but he also recognized that the final event would come at an unpredictable event, like a thief in the night. The way to be ready for the end is not by knowing the day, but by living with Christian alertness. The Thessalonians also needs to understand the death of fellow believers. Paul says nothing about the condition of believers between their death and the return of Christ. Instead, he emphasizes the resurrection of believers just as Christ was raised to life, those who died as believers will be raised when he returns. In fact, they will rise raised from the dead first and then be caught up together with the living believers to meet Christ in his royal coming. Despite Paul's efforts to clarify the Christian hope, the Thessalonians believers became confused by some who were teaching that the day of the Lord had already begun. Chapter 2, verse 2. As a counterpoint of this false teaching, Paul addressed the issue further in his second letter to the young church, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, 1 through 12. 
Amen and amen. Okay, I got one more reading uh, about going back on Jeremiah. Those who trust in human beings stand in contrast with those who trust in the Lord. The people of Judah were trusting in false gods and military alliances instead of God, and as a result, they were barren and unfruitful. But those who trust in the Lord flourish like trees planted along a riverbank. Hallelujah. In times of trouble, those who trust in human beings will be impoverished and spiritually weak. So they will have no strength to draw on. But those who trust in the Lord who have abundant strength, not only for their own needs, but even for the needs of others, not only in times of surplus, but also in times of scarcity. In whom do you trust to meet your most important needs, God, people or God? If you have been trusting in human strength or trusting in yourself, your own faith, look for ways to plant yourself in the Lord. Ask Him to provide what you need. Ask Him for His help and depend on Him to produce His character in you. Then grow with confidence and trust in the care of you. Okay, let's pray for uh, care. Father God, we trust in you, Lord God, that you will care for us, Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you for helping us with our spirit through Jesus Christ. By the blood, we plead the blood of Jesus over this household. We plead the blood of Christ, and we, we ask for the water, the wonderful water, Lord, that creates. And we thank you for the, your word. You sent your word. You sent your promises, your scriptures, your covenant right. Lord, we have covenant promises. We thank you. And we, we, Lord, we order that. We order the covenant promises, Lord. And you said that through your chariots and, and noblemen will the gates be open forever and ever. We will come in and come out and find pastures for our souls, Lord. We thank you for houses. Thank you for victories. Thank you for riches. Thank you for our inheritance from fathers, and we thank you for our prudent spouses that are from the Lord. So we give you this day. Lord, we ask you plainly, Lord, send us a, a, a chariot that we can use to run around in, Lord, in, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word. October the 12th. Bless us. Bless our ears, our minds, our souls. Bless us, Lord. We ask you that you bless us, Lord, that we have a heart to hear you. Bless our hearts and minds and our, and our eyes as we read your word. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus on your scriptures, the blood of Jesus on our hearts, the blood of Jesus on our backs, our minds, our heads, all over us. And we, we say, wonderful water, be blessed. The wonderful water that recreates, Lord. We bless it. We thank you for the water. We thank you for the blood. And we thank you for the Holy Scriptures that keeps us alive. Your words sustain us. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right, Jeremiah 19 to 21, 14. This is what the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, go buy a clay jar. Then ask some of the leaders of the people and of the priests to follow you. Go through the gate, broken pots, to the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and give them this message. Say to them, listen to this message from the Lord. You kings of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem, 
This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. I will bring a terrible disaster on this place, and the ears of those who hear about it will ring. For Israel has forsaken me and turned this valley into a place of wickedness. The people burn incense to foreign gods, idols never before acknowledged by this generation, by their ancestors, or by their kings of Judah. And they have filled this place with the blood of innocent children. They have built pagan shrines to Baal, and there they burn their sons to sacrifice to Baal. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. So beware, for the time is coming, says the Lord, when this garbage dump will no longer be called Tophet or the Valley of Ben-Hinnom, but the Valley of Slaughter. For I will be careful, I will upset the careful plans of Judah and Jerusalem. I will allow the people to be slaughtered by invading armies, and I will leave their bodies as food full of vultures and wild animals. I will reduce Jerusalem to ruins, make it a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will gasp at the destruction they see there. I will see to it that your enemies lay siege to the city until all the food is gone. Then those trapped inside will eat their own sons and daughters and friends. They will be driven to utter despair. Wow. All these men, watch you, Jeremiah, smash the jar you brought. Then say to them, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. At this jar, as this jar lies shattered, so I will shatter the people of Judah and Jerusalem beyond all hope of repair. They will bury the bodies here in top hit the garbage dump until there is no more room for them. This is what I will do to this place and its people, says the Lord. I will cause this city to become defiled like Tophet. Yes, all the houses in Jerusalem, including the palace of Judah's kings, will become like Tophet. All the houses where you burn incense on the rooftop to your star gods and where liquid offerings were poured out to your idols. Then Jeremiah returned from Tophet the garbage dump where he had delivered this message and he stood in front of the temple of the Lord he said to the people there this is what the Lord of heaven's army the God of Israel says I will bring disaster upon the city and its surrounding towns as I promised because you have stubbornly refused to listen to me now Pash her son of Emer the priest in charge of the temple of the Lord heard what Jeremiah was prophesying. So he arrested Jeremiah the prophet and had him whipped and put in stocks at at the Benjamin gate of the Lord's temple. The next day when Pashur finally released him, Jeremiah said, Pashur, the Lord has changed your name. From now on you are to be called the man who lives in terror. For this is what the Lord says, I will send terror upon you and all your friends, and you will watch as they slaughter by the sword of the enemy as they are slaughtered. I will hand the people of Judah over to the king of Babylon. He will take them captive to Babylon to run them through with the sword, or running through through the sword. And I will let your enemies plunder Jerusalem, all the famed treasures of the city, 
the precious jewels and gold and silver of, of your kings will be carried off to Babylon. As for you, Peshur, you and all your household will go as captives to Babylon. There you will die and be buried, you and all your friends to whom you prophesied that everything would be all right. O oh Lord, you mislead me, and I allow myself to be misled. You are stronger than I am, and you overpower me. Now I am mocked every day. I am mocked every day. Uh, I lost my place. Everyone laughs at me. Everyone laughs at me. Mm -hmm. When I speak, the words burst out, violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if, but if I say I never mention the Lord or speak in His name, His word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. I have heard the many rumors about me. They call me the man who lives in terror. They threaten, if you say anything, we will report it. Even my old friends are watching me, waiting for a fatal slip. He will trap himself, they say, and then we will get our revenge on him. But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Behold him, before him my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fall. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. This dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of heaven's armies, you test those who are righteous, and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. For though I was poor and needy, he rescued me from my oppressors. Yet I curse the day I was born. May no one celebrate the day of my birth. I curse the messengers who told my father, Good news, you have a son. Let him be destroyed like the cities of old. May the Lord overthrow without mercy. Terrify him all day long with the battle shouts, because he did not kill me at birth. Oh, that I had died in my mother's womb, that her body had been my grave. Why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. Then the Lord spoke through Jeremiah, the king, Zechariah, Zedekiah, and sent Pashur, son of Malchijah, and Sephaniah, son of Masiah, the priest, to speak with him. They begged Jeremiah, please speak to the Lord for us and ask him to help us. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon is attacking Judah. Perhaps the Lord will be gracious and do mighty miracles as he done in the past. Perhaps he will force Nebuchadnezzar to withdraw his armies. Jeremiah replied, Go back to King Zedekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will make your weapons useless against the king of Babylon and the Babylonians who are outside your walls attacking you. In fact, I will bring your enemies right into the heart of the city. I myself will fight against you with a strong hand and powerful arm. For I am very angry. You made me furious. I will send a terrible plague upon the city, and both people and animals will die. And after all, they say, The Lord I will hand over 
King Sedekiah, his staff, and everyone else in the city who survives the disease, war, and famine. I will hand them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to their other enemies. He will slaughter them and show them no mercy, pity, or compassion. Tell all the people, this is what the Lord says, take your choice of life or death. Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from war, famine, or disease. But those who go out and surrender to the Babylons will live. Their reward will be life. For I have decided to bring disaster and not good upon the city, says the Lord. It will be handed over to the kings of Babylon, and he will reduce it to ashes. Say to the royal family of Judah, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says to the dynasty of David. Give justice each morning to the people you judge. Help those who have been robbed. Rescue them from their oppressors. Otherwise my anger will burn like an unquenchable fire because of all your sins. I will personally fight against the people in Jerusalem, that mighty fortress. The people who boast, no one can touch us here. No one can break in here. And I myself will punish you for your sinfulness, says the Lord. I will light a fire in your forest, and that will burn everything around you. The word of the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah had predicted Jerusalem's destruction, but the city's leaders had denied his word and mocked his pronouncements. Now the kingdom of Judah was under attack from Babylon, and in desperation, King Hezekiah turned to God for help. But Jeremiah only answered that God had decreed destruction and defeat for Judah and Jerusalem, and that the path of obedience to God was to surrender to the Babylonians and to stop mistreating other people. Zedekiah would not listen to these instructions. He wanted God's help in his own terms. Mm, wow. mm. Too often we expect God to help us in our time of trouble, even though we have ignored him in our times of prosperity and are still refusing to obey his instructions. But God wants us to revere and obey him. Are you trying to cultivate a lasting reverence for God? Are, or are you merely trying to use him occasionally to escape trouble? Stop asking God to serve you and start asking God how you can obey him. Listen to what he says through his word and through his wise counsel. Then do what he has told you. Amen. You know, the the biggest challenge is to is to align our will with God's will and whatever he's doing. It's kind of fun to kick back and ask God, well, send us a mission, Lord. Send us a project. So we stay still and we wait for God to send us a... Someone will call us with some kind of need. You know, that's waiting upon God. But there's other ways. Waiting with pen and pencil after praying in tongues. Singing songs unto Him and then waiting for direction. What'd you get? Hmm. I was reading over here where it talked about um, how the people sacrificed, they burned their sons as sacrifices to Baal. That's awful. It says, and they have filled this place with the blood of innocent children. They have built pagan shrines to Baal, and, and there they burned their sons as sacrifices to, to Baal. That's terrible. How did they get that way? Looks like King 
Zedekiah, usually the kings, they don't push for worshiping the God and the priests. Uh -huh. They're the leaders. They bring the uh, other nations. Uh -huh. Well, it's funny that they didn't want... Okay, I, I, I like what you said in the commentary is that they wanted it done on their own terms, you know. They didn't really listen to the word of the Lord that came through Jeremiah, the prophet. You know, they wanted to do it, see it how they saw it, you know. And so that, that was no good. This is the same thing with us. Like, if yeah. we, you know, we have a bill or we have a situation. Yeah, I agree. We want God and God is telling us, no, I want you to go help the poor. Go make, you know, or, or, you know, someone's had a, like, when someone gets robbed or something, you know, he says, help them and try to get justice for them. A lot of times, we don't have too many of those incidents, you know, to help people in that area. Yeah. Uh, you think that, you know, I got a suspicion that as we were saying the destruction, you know, that the destruction would be for this city. The destruction would be for that. But there's a lot of God-fearing people in Glendora. God, a lot of God-fearing people all over this country that are praying to God for, yeah. you know. Yes. God, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us or right. try to have our own way. Lord, let your way be done, Lord. Let your guidance take in it, Lord. Let your your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let us not miss the way, Lord. Enjoy the process. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for getting us in your will. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us from temptation, delivering us from the evil one, keeping us from evil. Thank you, Father, for your word. You sent your word and you healed us and delivered us from all our diseases, all famine, all sickness and disease, Lord. You protect us with the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for loving us, Lord, and caring for us, Lord. You pick us up and you take us with you, Lord. Thank you for that, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, First Thessalonians 5, 4 to 28. Okay. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. But you are the children of light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love. Hmm. Not wearing as our helmet the confidence... And wearing. Oh, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Amen. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. God died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, where he returns, we can live with him forever. 
So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil. But always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. Amen. But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all our brothers and sisters with Christian love. I commend you in the name of the Lord to read this letter to all brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. 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 Today's study says, Be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful. These three commands often go against our natural inclinations. But when we make our a conscious decision to do what God says, we will begin to see people in a new perspective and we will find it easier to be joyful, prayerful, and thankful. Never stop praying means not giving up. It does not mean conscience, consciously praying at every moment. We cannot spend all our time on our knees, but it is possible to have a prayerful attitude at all times. Being constantly in conversation with God and attentive to His Spirit, ongoing presence in our everyday lives. A prayerful attitude is not a substitute for regular times of prayer, but should be an outgrowth of these focused times. If you find yourself, if you find yourself filled with worry, turn those thoughts into prayers. If you're excited or happy about something, turn that into a prayer of thanks to God. He desires to be close to you, to your life, in sorrow and joy. Open yourself to His presence. Basically, you know. You're going to think about him all day long. It's best to think of him uh, in humorous, you know, and talking to him, you know, all the time, praising him. I thank you, Lord, for this time that we have right now, for the thunder that's happening. Amen. All right. Outside and the rain's coming down. Thank you for the storm. Thank you for watering our grass and developing our, our greenery. Thank you for being responsible for your brush, your shrubs, and your land, Lord. We thank you for that. Amen. Yeah. I like where it says, you know, um, 
to don't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the, of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Nighttime is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us live in the light. Be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love. Okay? And wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Okay? It's by faith that we are saved. Amen. You know, and it's by the love of God that he sent Jesus Christ. So that those two things, you know, we can have confidence uh-huh. in our salvation. You know, we, we, we guard ourselves with those love, faith and love. Uh-huh. And the greatest one is, is love. So, um, I like that. I like the way it says that because you know how it talks about in Ephesians about your your you know put on the helmet of salvation. So it says that here. Um, put on your helmet. As our, so our faith and love is our helmet of our salvation. Mm-hmm. We can have confidence. Amen. Amen. Faith and love. And and you know it's it's so. When he comes back, it's going to be quick. Um, but we don't have to be afraid because we're going to, either way, God has set us up. Whether we're in the grave or where we're still alive and remain, um, we're, you know, when he comes back, we'll be able to live with him forever. Well, you know, this is this is like, the, and the next paragraph talks about the leaders in the church and their work and how hard they work, show them respect, you know, and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. I mean, how many times have we criticized, you know, the people Pastors. doing the work? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a tough, you know, but, you know, I tend to think of this too, is you have... People who say they're believers, and the the Creflos and the and the Copelands and the and the princes and Joels, you know, those are that whose ministries are very um, explosive and they're very, um, you know, they multiply because they're tre- teaching they're teaching the gospel of Jesus. Their focus is on Jesus, right? So they get really like criticized a lot and and just. Um, you know, the enemy's out to, to bring their, their names down. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's not right. Amen. You know, for Amen. them to be, you know, criticizing their work, uh-huh. especially how hard they work and how many people they're touching, you know. It's, but I like it says, show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other, you know. I mean, it's pretty mean out there in the social media and stuff like that and all the, um, you know, out there in the internet where they write false things about them. Um, Amen. And I I like, um, I'm surprised, you know, we didn't have that underline in, in this Bible about First uh, Thessalonians 5:16 to 18 is always be joyful, never stop praying, 
Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Okay? Um, Amen. You know, that, to me, you know, we I know we talk to a lot of people and we tell them about that, this scripture. This is probably the most scripture we use with them, but... You know, it's, it's, and you read it, it's unnatural to do that, to thank God for something that's a problem. You know, it's not, it's not easy to overcome your flesh, to thank Him when there's something wrong. But the reason we do thank Him when we have a problem, and what we're doing is we, we now have become, you know, the solution comes that way. First of all, you will receive the peace of God because you're putting, basically putting that problem into his hands. Amen. And, and that, that ought to give you great peace. And the reason that I give you great peace is because he's the most, he's powerful. He's got the resources you, you need. He's got the, the, um, the joy that you need. He's got the reassurance and the confidence that you need. He's got it all figured out already. So there's always a solution. No matter what you go through, there's a solution that God will throw your way. You know, when you when you allow him to, when you surrender the problem to him. And um, we praise him because he's the one who delivers you out of your sickness and disease. You know, we praise him because he's the one that restores your marriage. We praise him because he's the one that can fill your heart with love and joy and his fullness. And not depression. You know, we praise him because he delivers you from addictions. He delivers you from, um, you know, whatever your character defects are. You praise him because he's your provider. And that's and that's what you're getting at. You're saying, hey, God, you're on the throne. You're still there. You, you're concerned about me. And then he's sending angels your way. Whatever it is you need, you know, he's promised to take care of you. And that's where you have, you know, we have to get out of our head and we have to, you know, walk in the spirit and walk by faith that you have, you serve a mighty God. You know, your daddy owns everything. Um, your daddy loves you. And um, nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Nothing. And nothing sh shall be impossible with God. All things are possible. So there, there you have it. Okay, I'll move on. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, yeah, Psalm 8. I think God just said amen on that thunder. Okay, he sure did. Psalm 8, 2, 1 to 8. Uh, ask God to give justice to the poor and rescue the helpless. Ask him how you can be a part of this. God presides over heaven's court. Beautiful, heaven's court. He pronounces judgment on the heavenly beings. How long will you, your hand how long will you hand down unjust decisions by favoring the wicked? God justice to the poor and the orphan, uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. But these oppressors know nothing. They're so ignorant. They wander about in darkness. While the whole world is shaken to the core. I say you are gods. 
You are children of the Most High, but you will die like mere mortals and fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God, and judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. Amen. And Proverbs 25, 9-10 says, When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Uh-oh. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. Wow. Ain't that the truth, huh? Explain it to me. It says to, um, yeah, so whatever you have, you know, even, even if you're not arguing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like going to someone else and telling them, we've all done this, you tell them what happened, you know, whether what you saw, maybe you don't know the whole story, now... Now it's turning to, to, to gossip, really. Mm-hmm. And you'll get accused of doing that because it'll always get back to the person, usually. Um, and then, you know, you'll be looked at that way, like someone who, who can't be trusted, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and it's just to say, if you're arguing, if you're arguing with anyone it's just even if you're neutral in your family and you know there's situation you know there's we have to learn to to um to not repeat things that shouldn't be repeated you know especially when it hurts somebody you know, you got to know when to be discreet and not say anything unless it's, you know, a correction for a situation. But um, anyway, it's always best to err on the side of edifying versus um, criticizing. You know, try to find a, a, a spiritual solution for the person by either praying for them or, you know, coaching them and mentoring them and say, hey, you know, this is what works for me. And trying to see them. Anyway, that's it. Amen. You did the Proverbs uh, Yeah. Let's turn it off. Okay. Yeah. record. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the reading of your word, Lord. We praise you. We praise you for the rain. We praise you for the sunshine. Yes, Lord. We praise you for taking good care of us, Lord. Thank you for Matthew 6.33. Where you add everything to us, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We have no room to receive it. We praise you. We'll put it on top of things. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord.